Walt and the Reese have been X-Files fans from the beginning. Patrick is watching for the first time. Together, they perform improv comedy in New York City, and now they're doing a podcast. It's time for Two Files and a Newborn. Hello, everybody. Are we rolling? We're recording. We're recording? Technically, yeah. if it's audio, do you roll? I mean, we well, yeah, because yeah, the old days, tape to tape. Well, no one's used tape for anything. Yeah, but we're, you know... The, all the lingo goes back to the day. And anyway, this is two files and a newborn. I'm Walter. I'm Larice. And I'm Patrick. And this is episode six. And we're talking about Young at Heart, episode 16, episode 17, EBE, one of my favorites of all time, and episode 18, Miracle Man. What show is this that we're talking X-Files. about? X Files. The X-Files. Files. I got some coins in my pocket. Because, going ding a ling Yeah, do you think that's going to pick up? I'm uh, gonna, I think so. I'm just going to put that away. Well, so, should we talk about Patrick's shirt real quick? Yeah, uh, oh, for, for the listeners, I guess, let's set <laughs> the so scene. Cute. Yeah. Walt just got out of the shower. That's right. No, he didn't take a shower. Well, I, I went in briefly. You did go in? Yeah, below the waist. <laughs> Too much information, thank you. Disgusting, great. <laughs> Well, I you know Pat's our guest in our little studio at the house here. And, and you don't uh, want to have swamp. I don't want to go too stinky. It's it's TV, so it's okay. To, I mean, radio is technically kind of, so it's okay to go a little stinky. But especially uh, how close proximity your crotch is to the microphone. Well, yeah, right there is there's a hole in my short. So uh, <laughs> and I'm thinking if I did a one man radio show, I don't think I'd. Oh ever my wear god, pants. there yeah, is a hole. A little bit of hole. If you did a one man radio show, I wouldn't even wear pants. I wouldn't listen. I wouldn't talk. <laughs> I wouldn't really say, "Hey, I'm naked right now. Listen to me." I feel like. Hear you talk enough. I feel like that thing is going crazy. Like it's, I don't know. Maybe. Am I loud? Maybe you're loud. Who's the you talking about the uh, the gain on the microphone or yeah. my underwear? <laughs> Ho. Anyways. So young at heart, a little molder uh, past, right? Are we are, little past? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't multitask well. Larissa's is giving signals. Don't, no, I'm no, no. checking the sound levels. I, I was checking the well. sound. We didn't talk about Pat's. Shirt oh, I'm sorry. I got this sidetracked on my crotch. We talked about your, your hole. <laughs> yes. Talking about my hole always sidetracks this conversation. So I'm wearing a t-shirt from the Rip and Dip. Uh, I, wow. think, I believe they're like a skateboard clothing company. I actually Radical, got dude. this as a present, but there's a pocket, like a t-shirt pocket. And there's a, a little, pocket There's a sassy little white cat <laughs> sticking right. his head out. That's right. Nice And then smile. if you actually look inside the pocket, you can see the cat is actually flipping to... Uh, Two little middle fingers. Yeah, usually the cats are catching the bird. This one's given a couple. Yep, and so that's I'm what pre- I'm wearing today. <laughs> I'm pretty sure if cats could <laughs> flick you off, they probably would. Yeah. The, gen- the general consensus is that cats are kind of nature's uh, douchebag, right? Right. I feel like that's why I relate to them. <laughs> I, I, I pretty much only need the look, and I pretty much understand what the cat's saying, which is pretty much giving me the bird. If they had fingers, this is what I would do. She's got the look. Yeah. Okay, so... So, Young and Heart, episode 16, originally aired February 11, 1994, written by Chris Carter and Scott Caller, and directed by Michael Lang. That's the uh, the digit, the info, but... Uh, good good, I didn't pay good t- intro. Yeah. I didn't pay attention to the teaser when we watched it. Because it's tweeting. You never do. We have to watch this. I have to watch the teaser like three, four times. Well, I watched Wait. it again this morning. They do uh, teasers of the episodes that have aired. 
Well, no, no the, the, the intro. The pre. What do you call Before it? the theme music. Yeah, comes the pre theme music. Usually somebody oh, dies. Well, I see what you're saying. Like yeah. the, the cold open. Yeah. Because right. we've been watching these while we've been doing the live treat, live tweet, live rewatch thing. And uh, never really at the right time. No. Like all over on we our don't own follow time anybody on this. We're all like We're on busy. our own. Then we yeah. binge six episodes in a day or something like that. Yeah. But, let me just wrap my mind around this. Okay, this is the one with John Barnett, right? That's right. Barnett. I yeah. liked this episode a lot. Yeah. Just right off the bat, I remember, uh, you know, paying good close attention to it. Yeah. <laughs> so this, oh yeah, because so this is the one where the the guy, the first person that Mulder ever put away, mm-hmm. or the FBI, he comes back from the dead, right? Mm-hmm. Or supposedly yeah. comes back from the dead. Uh, yeah, I thought this was really well done. A pretty serious, cold-hearted dude, and, uh... I mean, it was obvious that, like, oh, if he's gonna start picking up people that are close to Mulder, mm-hmm. we, we bring in this poor, uh, old partner he used to have, Reggie. Yeah, former Reggie! Reggie! Yeah, I knew Mulder. he was doomed. Yeah, well, he's also, uh, of African-American descent. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. <laughs> His last name was Purdue. Isn't so. that the stereotype? His last name was, shut up. His last name was not Purdue. Reggie Purdue. Oh, my God. You know That's Reggie Purdue? Purdue? It's fried like a chicken. No, oh, I wasn't going to say Walter. it. Walter! Well, no, I didn't, mean to, well, I didn't mean to make a racial comment. I know. I just like, oh. yeah, because Purdue we commented on this podcast before about how sometimes the names that go for, for these characters are extremely low-hanging fruit. Oh, and that right. just kind of... <laughs> Oh, oh boy. boy! Well, anyway, he's dead, so screw him. I love uh, in the credits, William B. Davis is credited as a generic CIA agent at this point, the CSM cigarette so, smoking man. He's in the background of the final scene. Yeah. Oh, he's gonna be more of a thing. Oh, Maybe yeah. this is his second appearance on the show. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, this is only the second. We haven't seen him. Yeah. There's no dialogue, but um... he just is in the background. And Scully's shot, but she was wearing a bulletproof vest. That's always That's right. good. Yeah, classic uh, uh, Clint Eastwood, Marty McFly, Back to the Future Part 3 move. Yeah. Right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I figured, obviously, what the heck? You're, you're given that moment of tension where it's like, oh my god, is Scully dead? Of course she's not dead. Right. Well, Mulder went running right past her, so that would be pretty bad if she was, because yeah. he was like not interested to even stop at all. He was just like, oh, check her out, I gotta go. But I did. I did think it was kind of cool to to uh, see Mulder sweat a little bit. Yeah. This guy had like a super vendetta against him. The uh, he got him quick too. So didn't he, he told him he was gonna get him. Yeah. yeah. I'll get you. Wink, 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 wink. Yeah. He starts like swearing outside outside <laughs> that football game with all those little kids playing there. Right. All I could think of was the parents at that ball game just being like, "Oh, cover your ears." Oh. <laughs> Well, it's like he just must, you know, it's, it's a ball game with parents these days. He must fit right in with, like, oh, he's one of those disgruntled parents didn't like the ump's call, referee's call. Do you remember what the note said, the note before he starts screaming? I wrote it down because it just kind of was like, oh, this is why they named this character this thing. Right. No. It what said, a haunted say? fox eventually dies. Uh... <laughs> oh, boy. Is, is the fox, that fox can't guard the chicken coop. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Is that one of the other notes? Oh, that's oh barn. Oh, sorry. B a r n. Is that where you're getting at the uh, the animal references? No, I just no? like you know all the notes 
kind of like being playful and coy. Oh, right, right, right. I was like, is this going to be something I have to deal with for the next eight seasons? Right. In case this is your first time listening to this podcast, I'm the voice you're hearing right now. Patrick is the one who has never seen X Files before, where Walton the Reese. He knows nothing. Obsessed. So I'm kind of discovering all of this for the first time. This is one of the episodes we've probably seen many times. It's, it's a classic. It's replayed a lot. It's I would good. rewatch. I would rewatch this. This is one. a good one. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty creepy, and the salamander hand is is weird and we, creepy. Yeah, what was up with that? His uh, his hand. Well, in the very beginning, the in <coughs> of his hand, I guess, they, was cut off. Like when he was on the hospital bed, the hand had and a the disease. guy from the prison came in and said, "Oh, he's alive," and you know, he saw his eyes blinking. Right. But. I think because of that, instead of regenerating like a human hand, they got him to regenerate a salamander. Well, because hand. they use salamander genetics, because that's the animal that regrows its tail. And, you know, it's a reptilian or amphibian genetics that will regrow appendages. Mm. So uh, that's kind of where that comes from. But it was kind of like a weird sidebar, the fly. But that's not the episode where he's watching the fly. That's a different episode, right? Because I remember tweeting, he's watching the fly at the beginning. But I think. I think that was a different episode, wasn't it? I didn't write down. This? He I, I got to check my notes. No, there were no... Fl- At oh, no. some point, he was watching The Fly. The, the movie The Fly? When he was sleeping on his couch. It's it's it's, it's later on. Okay, okay. Yeah, I wrote it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the woman in the, in the lab is kind of hot for Mulder. That's kind of funny. Oh, that's this episode, right? Yes, yes, yes. yes. She was sassy. Also, that, uh, that amazing computer that exists... <laughs> <laughs> Careful tapping the mic Sorry. with the laptop. That amazing technology that exists where he can just uh, doodle a beard on. Yeah. Did that kind of stuff actually exist back then? It kind of felt like something they just kind of threw together for the show. I think it existed, but it didn't exist in like a, your phone app. It was just like so <laughs> accurate. You couldn't yeah. do... Like, now you can just do that with your phone. Like, she's typing things into the computer, and suddenly we see what he would look like five years older with right. a beard. And then at the end of it, he's like, print me every possible outcome. Right, right. And in my mind, I'm like, that's a shit ton of possible outcomes right, right, right. he could have gone through. This is kind of like the reason they created the internet. It'd be easier just to email all that. If you yeah. print them, we're going to put them all now. Like, yeah. Now Where are you going to put him? Now we've got Google Drive. Yeah. To store all that Share. information. Upload it to the drive. Yo. Um. And then Deep Throat. Now Mulder has is having a beer with Deep Throat. In this, mm-hmm. But then Mulder well, gets annoyed. Well, he bought him a beer, but Deep Throat didn't have a sip. I thought that was very rude. Well, Mulder walked away. That's what David did to me. Oh, I bought well, David a cup of beer, and he kind of put it to the side. He probably thought some because he was bringing... drinking another drink. Well, he had a red drink. What's this now? We're at the Candle Cafe. Well, that's because he doesn't know you. I wouldn't take a beer from someone I didn't so, know. Hey, David, here you go. <laughs> Here's a beer. Sign my book. He already Holy had cow. taken a picture with you and everything, and he looked thrilled in the picture. He looked like the kind of guy that might roofie a beer. He was a nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. Can't be too careful with all the weird people. Yeah, I do have that creepy thing. And then I gave that speech later, and I'm also been just batting a thousand. Hey, we'll see you in Chicago, David. Look, the man was wearing a cow jacket. <laughs> yeah. So I when are you going to Chicago? Friday. Well, thanks for inviting me. You want to go? Yeah. No. Okay. Oh, there you go. We were trying well, to get I a gig. I want to go to Chicago. You do want to get a gig. We're trying to get a gig. We figure we'll bring you along. The three of us will do a gig to help subsidize the trip. And then we can do a podcast on the road. All right, so, we're getting all sidetracked. We are getting all sidetracked. We will talk about well, that not later. if you're going to go see David. It's not off topic. Well, we are going to see him. Um, 
So the, yeah. we'll, we'll get back to your point, the <laughs> salamander hand. There's a, we a lot of weird stuff going salamander on in this episode hand. that distracts from the fact that John Burnett is just a really creepy dude. And as is the Dr. Ridley, right? I mean, Dr. Ridley, who's... Yeah, the mad scientist under. from NIH. Yeah. Because you know they fund all kind of mad science stuff there. Pretty much. It's very experimental over there. And, uh, yeah, but, but they're actually, they're not, they wouldn't fund anything like that. Right. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's weird. But, uh, yeah. This and is then, also, um, uh, like, this is what, a prime example of, like, the Benjamin Button disease, mm-hmm. right, in this episode. But it's, like, before everybody started just, like, stupidly calling it the Benjamin Button disease. Right. You do get, he did come back younger, but I don't know if he was actually aging backwards. Well, when they were looking at the video of that girl. The little girl that looked like Progeria. she was 90. Yes. That's just what they yes. call Progeria now. Oh, the right? disease. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but now, now the, the street lingo is like yeah. Benjamin Button Oh, that's disease, what they call right? that? Is yeah. that what you're saying? Yeah. Oh, okay. Everybody t- today calls that disease Benjamin Button disease. Oh, okay. See, the problem with this episode, I, not the problem, but my issues, I guess, it's, it's an amazing episode of history of Mulder, psychopathic killer, ruthless killer, yada, yada, with some really forced science fiction stuff. So I guess it fits into the X-Files world. But if you take away the science fiction stuff, it's this amazing police procedural type of episode. One of the best. Yeah, I think that's where this show succeeds a little more for me. I, like, as long as there's, like, a trail of logic that follows, right. like, oh, like, what they would actually do if there was some, like, weird extraterrestrial or supernatural thing happening. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's kind of why this episode worked for me as as far as, like, what I've seen so far goes right. as opposed to other episodes where they don't bother trying to even like investigate some sort of weird phenomenon right. but also like probably because this case was so personal to Mulder they made it more intense in that respect right, right, as right, well right. yeah they, they I feel bad for the, the cello player that sucks to be heard he's stuck she, she's okay but still <laughs> yeah what an elaborate trap they made yeah, mm-hmm. they nice, didn't even beautiful theater. Yeah, they didn't even like clue her in on it, did they? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, we're going to the cello. <laughs> you, just so you know, the killer might come out and hold you hostage. Yeah, those well. cello players—they they <laughs> sacrifice everything, especially the ones on the Titanic. Now, as a former musician, I have issue with making John Burnett the piano tuner as his cover <laughs> for being at the theater because it's not the easiest job in the world. And how with would somebody in place themselves, embed themselves as the piano tuner? At a symphony hall. When they have and, a salamander uh, hand. <laughs> yeah, that's a point of logic. You can't kind of discriminate. No, but it's not the kind of job that just anybody gets. It's not an easy thing to do. Mm. It's not that difficult if you have the right machine to do it, but uh, certainly that fine tuning of the strings with a salamander hand is, can't be easy. Yeah. But. <laughs> yeah. I did like the, uh, you know, the showdown at the end. Mm hmm. Because you spend the whole episode being like, I should have just killed him when I had the chance, right. and then they finally <laughs> gunned him down. No hesitation per- that time. Where does he shoot him? I thought it was like square in the temple, but you don't really see. Oh, I thought, I it was thought like- his shoulder, like shoulder. No. When? Shoulder wouldn't like incapacitate him like that though. It looked like Mulder shot him dead in the head because he just like froze and fell over. No, I thought they. I thought they shot. No, him because right. they took they him to the. Show, they took him to the hospital, no? right? And they were when they were. Um, yeah, they take him to the hospital. Did. It looks like the chest is coming out, but he was holding the woman up to his chest. So I didn't understand like where she was, where he was, where John. Is Burnett it a was different shot. episode? I thought they did yeah. show a shot. No, right because here. his face it, was looking. It looks at like they're about to pan up and impl- and show it, but right. they never do. Okay, because oh, they, they, they show. 
They showed his eyes looking they at him. They show his eyes, like, just go completely dead. Yeah. Right. Wait. Deader than usual. Yeah. Uh, They're already pretty foggy. Dead eyes. Dead eyes. What are we giving? How many files do we give it? Is, is it the rating system? Oh, yes. On a scale of 1 to 10. We're still an out of 10. I would give this one an 8. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I'd give it an 8, too. I'll give it an 8. Thrills and spills. Really wild. Yeah. I guess he didn't like that one so much. He usually gives yeah, it. Yeah, usually I things it. turn around. I, uh... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, there's just a couple issues for me. I thought the piano tuner, the whole, the well, that, that's a little thing. I'm being picky and silly, but uh, the, like the Ridley character, the Doctor Ridley character, um, and scientist. Yeah, I don't know the way he presented himself, and I don't know. Like I said, I you know it, it's it, the science fiction of this episode feels very forced to me. Whereas the reason, and I think if it wasn't for such everything else being so amazing, I probably would not love it as much. Mm. But. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I thought there were issues with the science fiction side of things on this episode. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> it was a Chris Carter episode. The only thing I really had a problem with was when they're listening back to the, the call between Mulder and John Barnett, mm-hmm. trying to confirm if it's him or not. <laughs> Mulder just says, "Oh." He had a slight New Hampshire accent. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. Yes. We did say that. And they listened to one thing that he said. I was yeah. like, how can you get a New Hampshire accent from that? What's and a what New Hampshire so- accent? Yeah, what does it sound like? Like a Boston accent? I guess, an, well, they don't, it, it, it's not even explained at all. Yeah. Right? Like a New Hampshire accent, in my mind, I suppose, is like a, a bit of a lazier, more backwoods <coughs> Boston accent. It's kind of generic New England waspy, isn't it? Well, I don't know about using the term waspy, but it's like halfway in between like that Rochester, like right. upstate New York. That's uh, what I'm oh, waspy. Yeah. It's like in yeah. between there, mm. <coughs> both geographically and on the dialect tone. But right. It's like, uh, or okay, so is everybody on the FBI now an expert on like regional dialects? <laughs> is that something I'm I supposed to believe as well? I don't know, but I we we thought that was weird too. We're like, what? Yeah, I'm wondering if you went to so like a dialect bizarre. coach with the actor to, ah. to coach on the New England accent. The rest of the rest of the episode, though, John Barnett's voice is like so high pitched and like, he's got that creepy laugh, annoying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that that, that didn't sound anything like it. <laughs> John Barnett, do we see him again? No, he's dead for he, good. He's dead. Great. Yeah. What so, a letdown! So the next is EVE. They're trying to save him because they want his information but ebe yeah ebe i love me some ebe what does ebe stand for extraterrestrial biological entity, entity. so it's like the, the rest of et it's etbe technically i guess ebe phone home etbe originally phone aired home. february 18th 1994 this is episode 17 written by glenn morgan and james wong and it's the first uh, mythology episode by morgan and wong Directed by William Graham, which is no relation for the Hannibal fans out there. So, uh, I just had to add that. No relation to who? Will Graham from Hannibal. <laughs> Debut of The Lone Gunman. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, Yay. That, was those the, the three nerds? Three nerds. Yeah. Yeah. They become major parts They're of fun. the show. Yeah. They, are the, they are the group that had the spinoff I was telling you about. You know, this episode wasn't like super action-packed or extremely... Like, uh, it did, it did, it was filled with a lot of interesting information, and so I felt like this episode's a lot of a setup mm-hmm. for the rest of the series, maybe? Very much so. But the UFO budget has finally, like, gotten 
up to snuff and the UFOs in this episode didn't look as terrible as in the last few yeah, times like... we'd seen some. Although at one point in the very beginning, I felt it looked like a giant shoe was about to step on him, like Shaq came down, like the, the yeah. coming over the trees. It looks like the bottom of a shoe. Still better than all the other appearances. <laughs> it was still, we finally saw, it was a pretty big ship, right? It was mass- massive. It was mo- mo- mass- yeah. monstrous. I would say that's as big as the one from that's the movie. That's the biggest ship in the whole... No, the biggest ship is Mulder and Scully. <laughs> See what I did there? That was horrible. That was bad. Yeah, I did. I did write uh, in the notes about the uh, the quick stab of the another another of the time cultural stab is that they kind of the in the long, in the lone gunman room they make a reference to like the biggest threat Earth has ever known, and Mulder makes the joke that it's Barney, being <laughs> right. like the little kid's dinosaur. <laughs> right. Which, you know, is, is very uh, early 90s uh, oh, yeah. low pickings there. Because that, that's around the time where all the parents start to rebel against Barney, I think. Yeah, Even well... Even out a year or two, and they were like, we hate him now. Most, and the kids, most little kids shows end up turning into that. Yeah. And the kids grow up and... That was like, notoriously, like, the worst, though. Then parents. it was Teletubbies, and then it was Wiggles. Oh. Yeah. Barney was Teletubbies better than those. A, uh, I don't know, had an appeal for certain crowds. Barney was just the worst. So, uh, this is the first instance of Mulder turning off his apartment lights and just a lamp and shining out his window. Mm-hmm. But I, did we see, do we see him do that again? Because I feel like we didn't... Not for, uh, He didn't have a bad throat. signal. No, I mean, we know he has... Yes, I deep throat has a bad signal with my tweet. That's what you're seeing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you is know, we, also... we have the X thing later on. Right. That's not for deep throat. Is this also the, the first instance of Mulder ripping his apartment to shreds looking for wires? <laughs> looking for the bugs? Because yeah. that was fun. Yeah, uh, yeah, actually, I, I can't even I can I can't even count on both hands how many times they get bugged or spied on. Yeah, even into like the ninth season, they're being spied on. Right, right, right. Well, you know, I think with this episode, it's one of the first that we and really she see so them. Surprised that she's right. spied on. She's like, oh, that's getting way ahead of ourselves. Sorry. Honestly, this Go is ahead. one of the first episodes we see them getting like behind or ahead of the conspiracy. Like they've been thwarted by the conspiracy. That we haven't yet really seen yet, but this time they're really kind of getting around and figuring out a lot more of what's going on. By the time they actually find the thing in Seattle and tracking them down across the whole, taking airplanes around the country, tracking paying uh, cash, tracking an extraterrestrial, yeah, they, you know, because they, they track trains and planes and automobiles. That's right. Oh my. <laughs> yeah, you're starting to get hip to how useless Deep Throat actually is. Well, he did. He did drop him the hint that there would be more bugs, mm-hmm. prompting Mulder to actually rip his apartment up because yeah. he fe- they found the one bug in the in the pen, right? Or is it in the pen? Yeah, it's like yeah. a pen. So he was saying they're still listening, and at mm-hmm. that point, Mulder looked even harder for bugs, and that's right. when he found all these other bugs. And so he did. He was able to give him that, but you know, there's. He, I feel like he says more than once, "There are limits to my knowledge." Right. Like, Okay, so you don't know shit. <laughs> right. I mean, he knows stuff, but how much is he? Yeah, but that's on? also. I mean, how much of that is him saying what I can, what I'm willing to, what I should? You know, that, that's just like a blow off. I think. You know, I, you know, like that's what we're getting from him. But you know, it, it's like he trusts no one, trusts nothing. So I think every every deflection, every everything is a possible deflection. Because deep throat once deep throat. I think honestly, we find out in the next few episodes uh, later. Deep Throat does want Mulder to know certain things 
because he's not happy with what has happened. Mm. But uh, he's not happy with his own role in things, as we learn later. But uh, is it this episode where he talks? No, that's later where he talks to Scotty. Ah, they won't be meeting for beers anymore because Mulder was pretty pissed. Yeah. They did go to a UFO party. That's right. <laughs> there are more of those? In the woods. Do we ever see Ringo again? Ringo. Which one's Ringo? Yeah, the Langley. Oh, Langley. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Mm. In fact, Frohickey, was it Frohickey that is a writer or lion producer or something for the show? Um, That's a character. Yeah, Tom Braidwood. Wasn't he the one? Or what? One of the three Lone Gunmen was actually uh, a behind-the-scenes guy on the show. Well, Langley is the, um, is, um... Gene uh, Haglin. Right. And he's an uh, improv guy. Right. Yeah, that's right. He's and an he improv has, artist. He has a podcast, too. Yeah. And he's done, like, an X-Files-themed improv show, right? Yes, he has. Yeah. Yes. I haven't involved. seen it. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. And then Bruce Harwood is John Byers, kind of the leader of the three, technically. Byers. Yeah, yeah. The more business guy always wears a right. suit. And they all want to bang Scully. Well, mostly Frohickey. Frohickey's funny. Mostly Frohickey. Frohickey. She's hot falls in love with Scully from that point on. Right. And that comes back. Has a crush. On and on and on. (laughs) That comes back. It comes back, yeah. That's a kind of an ongoing joke whenever you see them. I love how, you know, they get busted in this facility and they're like, Mulder just goes running off. Yeah. (laughs) Like, he doesn't even care. Like, there's five or six people in the facility chasing them and Scully's like, I'm ready to fess up to them. This is the episode. She's like, okay, we're agents with the FBI because their cover was blown. Right. And Mulder's like, as soon as she starts fessing up, he just takes off. He's just like, see you! And she see, was like, Mulder! And this he is the scene. And then he ends up in the room with Deep Throat. When we were watching like, Deep like, Throat. Yay! Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when we were watching Deep Throat, the, the episode Deep Throat, from our first episode, and I said something, I thought this was the one where he sees an alien. Oh, and this okay. is the scene I was thinking of, where Deep Throat's in there with the final reveal, and yet... There it's is not no there. Aliens. I forgot about that. For some reason, I thought he saw an alien. It's not that there point. anymore. No. So this episode is a whole bunch of government keeps fucking up and yeah. keeps becoming blatantly obvious that uh, to Mulder and Skelly that they are not to be trusting anybody. So, quick continuity issue. At some point, they're following the truck. Mulder's driving. And next thing yeah. you know, Scully's driving, Mulder's sleeping. We've been following this truck for hours. And then and then they say, like, oh, yeah, the truck is driving on the highway, and then they are just there. In the middle of nowhere. And they it. are in the middle of nowhere. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Because I caught that, too. They're in the like, middle of oh, nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, the truck's driving on the highway right now. Yeah. Oh, there he is. <laughs> Yet somehow we're beating it. Yeah. Well, at some point they started trailing him. They said, oh, there he is. And they pull out and they start following it. But, uh... You're but, right. I'm sorry. I just pulled this up. Yeah. Yes. Um, Tom Braidwood is the name actor who plays Frohickey, is also a first assistant director on the series. Right, right, I'm right. sorry. I didn't have my facts. Yeah, and you told now. me that years ago. I think I did. Yeah, I think I did. Yeah. I, I don't know why I forgot that, but for some reason, it starts to spill out of my brain yeah. after a while. I might be, be getting senile. Huh. Becoming senile. Do you think like they got the um, the stopwatch thing from Back to the Future? I've already know. I've mentioned it a couple times. I don't know. I I think that the whole time thing with uh, aliens is like synchronizing the, the watches. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, you're supposed to lose time, and that's like a common uh, symptom yeah. or complaint for people that have been abducted saying yeah, they lost time. Theme in this or show. actually, is that, is that based even sci-fi it? stuff, when they go off into to space or something like that, they come back and they haven't because yeah. there's a different 
um, there's a different time moves differently. Right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's a real life mythology thing, not just a. Uh, well, if you watch, yeah, thing. if you watch like a Stephen Hawking thing, if you can call that right. <laughs> real life mythology or theories. Well, that's true. Well, that's if you're trying the speed of time, time, travel. time warps, space time continuum kind of stuff changes. I don't know. But, uh, I don't know enough about it, but I, I know it's mm-hmm. a common theme in sci-fi. Right, very much so. Based on theories, bending of time. Good it just times. always makes me think of Doc Brown sticking his head out, putting the stopwatch on Einstein every right. time Mulder is like, "We had to synchronize these watches." <gasps> Miracle Man. Yeah, Miracle Man. Mm. Episode eighteen aired March eighteenth, nineteen ninety four. Another Chris Carter, two back-to-back Chris Carter episodes. This one, Chris Carter and Howard Gordon. I jumped ahead. Up. We didn't give files. Oh, yeah. What do you, how do you rate that? I give this one a nine. I like. I give it an eight. Eight? Good, solid eight. Which, the... EBE, the last EBE. one? EBE. This one's tough for me because I feel like it's filler, but I feel like it's better kind of filler than some that are coming up. Uh, so as far as, like, keeping the uh, interesting world... That they're trying to create going. I'll, I'll give it a seven. All right. Like yeah, not, not my favorite episode. I can't really like praise it for like being amazing or something. I would rewatch, but there's so many important things. I feel like so many like little seeds that are being planted yeah. in this episode mm-hmm. that I can clearly see. Like oh yeah, like this is gonna be important later. We're seeing right. a lot of deep throat backstory. We're seeing a lot of. Uh, this lone gunman, well, not like a lot of lone gunman stuff, but I was like, these guys are so interesting, but they're barely in this episode, but I feel like they're going to come back. And it's funny, they weren't intended, if you read the, the just the write-up on this episode, they weren't expected to come back, but like the CSM, there's a lot in this episode that sets up, that is launching a lot of ongoing themes that are going to happen. The the conspiracy, learning a little bit more about the conspiracy, You know, it's a, it's a really important stepping stone to mythology to come. Yeah. Still, still not, still <laughs> not, not my correct, favorite. Sir. For an egg of what do you call it? What is this? This is why TV shows are tough, egg I guess. Of, it, uh, an Easter egg. Wisdom. An Easter egg. I'm looking for wisdom. Okay, you continue on Miracle Man. All right, Miracle Man, March 18, 1984. Chris Carter and Howard Garden, go Gordon. Garden. Howard, Howard Gordon. Gordon of Twenty Four Fame and Homeland, and Michael Lang was the director on this one. And a, so. and a brief, brief cameo by Kate McKinnon. She's not really in the episode. Oh, okay. Just like that, <laughs> that lady in the in the in the um, in the church there in the makeshift church when she's getting healed, but she mm. actually like croaks. Oh, Just right. the way she was freaking out reminded me of kate mckinnon from snl <laughs> oh, a little bit a i was like bit. i want to see a sketch where she just plays that lady and just freaks out for five minutes i'm talking about cameos this guy playing sam um or is he there uh scott barristow has been in quite a bit of stuff he's been in a lot of movies and there's a cameo i'm a little more excited about from this episode which one uh rd call oh yeah the sheriff he plays a sheriff in the pilot of Supernatural. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Ah, oh, <laughs> Typecasting. Yeah, just yeah. constantly playing a sheriff mm-hmm. everywhere. Mm. But, yeah, Scott Barristow. That was a good good part. You know, I really wanted to not like this episode mm-hmm. because I hate, like, oh, when they try to do, like, the religious stuff. Right. When they try to, like, work that angle. But I thought this was actually surprisingly well done. Well, because... 
and this is, you know, this is a different denomination of church, but right. there is definitely some religious overtones that happen. Right. Rather, just because Scully is pretty hardcore Catholic. Yeah, they bring the Scully Catholic thing up later, but they don't talk. They they show they more like bring it into question, and she's questioning her own. She questions her own faith because not through this she, episode though. No, no, no. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like future. they ignore that in this episode, or they haven't established that yet. Maybe they have. They, they do uh, bring up like her feelings of like um, growing up Catholic, but then being devoted to science as well, mm-hmm. which is a fine angle for her to take. Yeah, it definitely makes it interesting. And Mulder being such a believer and everything else, and then being a skeptic. Right when it comes to religion that's a fun interesting dynamic right 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 but um yeah Yeah, he's actually like because of that he's forced to take a very like uh FBI follow the law approach when he's talking to these religious people Mm -hmm. he's like I don't know what you're talking about but this is what happens if you just do this the law will work on your side right right that, that was a creepy little Samantha that kept appearing yeah that was, that was, that was supposed to be his actress. sister, right? Yeah. 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 That's a different actress from all the other times. Yes. And <laughs> I was taken yeah. back because I was like, uh, she doesn't, I don't know. I thought like, even the picture that we've seen, we've seen pictures of Samantha in previous episodes. That when I first Have time I saw her, I didn't recognize it. Have seen of him and her yet? Or them together? Of, of, of Mulder I and his so. sister? I'm going to say no. Okay, so we have Because I don't know what you're talking about. So, Okay. So now we're getting into spoiler category, uh, territory. And I've only got about 20 episodes in my brain where you guys probably have 200. It's all, it's all, it's all blurs together, <laughs> actually. Yeah. yeah. And I guess the, the episode I'm thinking of, the one with uh, Conduit, where he deals with the sister issue for the first time in the series. Really, right. For serious, other than just mentioning it. There was no but picture? I, I, I don't remember. Yeah, I know he was manhandling the other girl. It's not manhandling. Man- well, he's like, got such his finger asshole. in the bad spot. What the fuck? Uh, well, you know, the bad spot for a little girl. Right? <laughs> it's just like putting his hand on the picture. Yeah. And of you're like, oh, you it's a sister. Like, that makes it worse. Why would you sister. think that? I don't know. What's wrong with you? But this isn't the first gross. time we see Ew. a uh, kind of like backwoods evangelical ministry to either. We, we see that a few times in, in addition to the Catholic and other religious overtones. Some you trip. mean this isn't the last time we see it? It's not, yeah. Right. It's the first time, you're right. This is the first time. <laughs> this is the first time, not the last time. Okay, thank you, thank you. So the producer Our felt that thing. the greatest difficulty finding mm-hmm. enough Vancouver area actors who could prepare, per, portray a convincing southern U.S. accent. So they hired a, this, they hired a dialect coach. Oh, I did. To prevent, to prevent the cast from sounding like they were from 15 parts of... Yeah. You're from Tennessee, eh? What's the idea because they say a boot in yeah. Tennessee. Yeah, it's a boot. They don't really talk that way in Vancouver, do we? And the one character who ends up being the, the bad guy in the end, he, he is the murderer. Roy Orbison. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I like this episode. The guy with the hat and Leonard black. Vance, the man in black. That character? Yeah, he kind of reminds me of Roy Orbison a little bit. <laughs> but like, like the fan, fan of the opera face. Yeah, Roy Orbison was already dead. He wasn't available for this episode, so they got somebody yeah, else. Yeah, I mean, I was extremely suspicious of that guy. Mm-hmm. It's like classic just genre work. Oh, the guy with all the scars on his face? Yeah, he's probably not yeah. <laughs> up to good. Mm-hmm. He's probably not a good guy. And so it was a little like, okay, yeah. But I thought maybe the episode could also revert my expectations of him. Right. Mm, it didn't. I was hoping for better gospel music. I think every good tent revival... 
ministry needs better gospel. Needs the Booze Brothers or Rita hey, Franken. Hey, we got an autopsy for the first time. Is this the first time? Yes, okay. it is the first time. And she's like clanging those knives. Yeah. And not the and, last. And Mulder, no, <laughs> there are many. Mulder is a little squeamish in yeah. this episode, but I think he gets over that pretty quickly. Great facts, Mulder. Afraid of blood and... <laughs> Fire. Fire. <laughs> slicing and dicing, yeah, baby. I think he's, he's squeamish in other episodes, or maybe just... I'm thinking the one with uh, Luke Wilson. Maybe that, but that's maybe that's Jillian's or Scully's <laughs> version of the story, is he's really squeamish. There's one thing that made me squeamish in this episode, and that was all the locusts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty good It got nasty. biblical, yo. Well, they, they, that was a trick. Yeah. At least we didn't get frogs raining down. That comes later. So I I I like this. This is a is a channel. It's not my favorite episode, mm -hmm. and so I'm gonna give it a seven. It's pretty. It actually it stands up pretty well on it. It's pretty creepy. Right. And it's enough to capture my interest, but I feel like it's not my thing. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I can, something off about it that. I love it because like, I love oh my challenging. Gosh, dying in yeah. this, you know, episode. It's, it's uh. I'll give it a seven. It's not my favorite episode, but I love religious challenging, challenging religious uh, tribes and you know. Well, this isn't even that. This is like obviously like crackpot healers, so it's beyond that. But. So what what actually ended up happening? He didn't actually have powers, healing well, he powers. He did. He did. He did, but the other guy was... He actually healing powers. They kill him Vance was jail. poisoning everybody, right? Yeah, he was killing them with arsenic. Oh, no, uh, not arsenic. Cyanide. Getting cyanide into them through uh, holding their hands, you know, but through did skin. But did they explain beyond that, like, how he had his healing powers? No, not at all. Yeah, he was just, they just threw it in yeah. Mulder's face being like, you should believe. And because they killed like him, they never in all found, stuff. Yeah. you know, and... And, but it was profoundly uh, questionable because the preacher, the father, probably was a snake oil type of guy. He was definitely uh, a, a fake yeah. evangelical. I feel like that makes sense to this world, the whole yeah. idea of like those ministry tents and like mm -hmm. the sleazy southern people right. that are just prying on those people's beliefs in that time. Right. Well, I was watching TV this weekend, or maybe it was this morning? Oh, yesterday, Sunday. And I'm watching the morning news on, uh, was it Fox? Maybe it was NBC. Whatever channel it was. And then I leave the room, leave the TV on. It turns whatever hour it turns. And some evangelical thing comes on. I can hear it from the other room. Yes, and, I was here when it came on. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. so loud. It, it, but it, it's, and the guy's hair is weird. Yeah, and because, maybe because we just watched like, this episode, it really made the me. These people, and no matter how many times they get, you know... So many of them have gone to jail for sexual things or embezzlement or this, that. You know, the people, I think there's just so many people out there that are desperate for hope from somewhere that they find their flock, so to speak. And, uh, and some of them are probably honest religious folk, you know, whether you believe what you believe. But I want to believe. There's just millions of people out there that flock to these things. And, uh, that always amazes well, in the, me. Well, in the episode, they, they wanted to... Obviously, they were desperate, and they wanted to get healed. Yeah. So well, in this episode, clearly, yeah, that's right. That was yeah. their motivation for being there. They right. weren't, you know... That's why like, I see hey, a lot of old hey, people... Hey, I can go in there and sing a few hallelujahs if this guy will touch me and make, right. you know, my tumor go away. Right, right, right. It's uh, so tumor. it's more like a... But, I, yeah, I think, ultimately, he, he it's kind of sad, actually. Maybe that's why I don't like it so much, because they 
kill him, and I'm kind of... Oh, it's very sad. It makes me upset. Yeah. It's sad because it's like, out of all the garbage that's out there, this is the one guy who really yeah. had... You think he's the monster of the week, but he's really just an right. innocent... And he thinks he's the monster of the week. That's kind of interesting. He's conned, because he's a true believer. He's conned into thinking, oh, this is my hubris. This is my pride. God is punishing me because I am making a buck off of the gift he gave me. And uh, so he believes the hype. And uh, Yeah, I think that's pretty much what I didn't like about it. Right, 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 right. right. It's kind of sad. Because the amount of people that make a fortune off of despair and false hope I think, that, I think that's why I liked it more, though. I yeah. think I liked it for that dramatic yeah. aspect. I like, you know... I like it when the it's a, it kind of subverts your expectations a little bit. Right. Well, I think that's the point. And I obviously they're not going to go so far as to like kill off one of the main characters on a show like this. Right. But this is a way they can kind of do it in a character that's very sympathetic as opposed to a character that they purely introduced just to kill off. Mm-hmm. Like, this character had a lot of hope and potential for the series and I could see them possibly coming back to him. Right. And I think the guy at the end, you know, Roy Orbison kills himself because... Uh... <laughs> Name's Vance, Leonard Vance. Oh, Leonard Vance, yes. Uh, Leonard Lipscomb, uh, Dennis Lipscomb, um, playing Leonard Vance. Yeah, he he kills himself because of the vision of Samuel coming to uh, his bedroom and revealing himself. You know, he's repentant and takes himself out. You know, he's judge, jury, and executioner for himself. Perfect. Yeah. Well. Well, that's our three episodes Whoa, that we watched this week. exciting. So uh, we've been doing this at every episode, <laughs> no, Pat. Your post-18 episode review and how you doing with the series and so far so good. Well, I'm starting to uh, enjoy th- what they're going for a little more now that kind of like everything's settling in a little bit right before i felt like they were just throwing up these lob balls <laughs> and i wasn't buying them right but i think uh i enjoyed like the ebe episode even though like nothing really happened in it as far as like a, oh here's a clear villain or monster we have to stop mm-hmm. there was a lot of like groundwork being laid down for this government conspiracy world and i'm starting to see that like oh the show's a little more of that mm-hmm. than it is like we're just hunting aliens and right. all that so now i'm starting to get used to the things like when they go and they hunt down this miracle man that doesn't really need to be hunted down at all right I'm starting to buy into that aspect of the show a little more. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> well, coming up, there's some episodes that make me not like it so much. Uh-oh. But we'll talk about that in the next podcast. Uh-huh. Right. Cool. So I'm Walter at Walt Frazier on Twitter. And follow me over there. Oh, you want me to say something? <laughs> I thought I said that in a way with like, you gotta, I'm Walter. You gotta, you gotta like throw it to her, like give her finger uh, guns or something. I, I, I eye contact. I wasn't expecting. Sign enough. Uh, yeah, yeah, follow me at Walter, and you are Loris F. Yeah. And I'm Pat Reedy at the Pat Reedy. The the right. Pat Reedy. Awesome. Hey, check us out doing some improv comedy in New York City. At LMAO NYC, hashtag LMAO NYC. Check out our videos on YouTube, yada, yada. And I guess we're signing off. We'll see yada, you guys next yada, time. Yada. Yeah, I have, I'm a Seinfeld kid. What can I say? Really? You're a kid?
Yeah. What's the deal with Seinfeld kids? Yada yada yada. Wah, wah. Hey, upcoming we have. Uh, oh wait, I did write the whole thing. Oh jeez. Shapes. Darkness, upcoming balls, we have uh, nothing. We got nothing. I fucked up. What are the shapes? Darkness falls. Oh yeah. Tombs. Ugh, lightning bulbs. Oh dude. Lightning brown bugs. How can you not love the show after those three? Uh, oh, we'll wait till next episode. Are you fucking kidding me? Yay! Yay! All right. Well, thanks for listening. Glowing bed bugs coming soon. <laughs>